0: Well, today we conclude our six-week sermon series on knowing and understanding your spiritual gifts. We have seen that at conversion, God gives you a a birthday gift, I guess you might say. A spiritual gift, at least one for you to use in His service. Now, this morning, as I've mentioned in all five previous uh, messages about spiritual gifts, this morning, if there's never been a time in your life that you prayed to receive Christ, You don't have any spiritual gifts. It's nothing against you. It's just that God gives those at the moment of salvation, at the moment of your conversion. You're not born with them. He gives them at the moment that you are saved. So this morning, if there's never been that moment whenever you have prayed, repenting of your sins, realizing what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, then that's the step that you need to make because the rest of the message is about spiritual gifts, which you do not have yet. So this morning, we'll give the opportunity in a moment for you to make that decision to receive Christ. But it's a, it's a, the spiritual gifts are those that God gives you whenever you are born again at the moment you're saved. We found out in our study about spiritual gifts that gifts are not natural abilities. As I said, you're not born with these. They're not inherited. It's not genetic. It's not that your parents were good at something, so therefore you're going to be good at it. That's a talent. But a spiritual gift has nothing to do with your birth or your parents or your heritage or anything other than God's design of what He wants to give you as a gift. Now, also, your gifts are given by God. They're not determined by you. You may desperately want a gift. I, 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 Pastor, I, I want to teach a Sunday school class. Well, you may not have the gift of teaching. So, they're not determined by you. It's not that you decide, here's something I want to do for the Lord, and so I'm going to do it. It's what God has gifted you to do. So, God determines the gifts, not us. We saw that every believer has at least one gift. Some believers have more than one, two, or three, or four. Nobody has all of them, but there are those that have, as a believer, you have at least one We also saw that the purpose of the gifts, to build up the church, to build up the body of Christ. Not to build you up, not to build me up. It's to build up the body. That's why God gave them to you. And we saw that no one gift is more important than another gift. They're all equal in value. I have the gift of pastor-teacher. Just because I'm the one up here on Sundays and I'm the one that, that makes decisions a lot of times at the church doesn't mean my giftedness is more important than yours. Every gift is important in God's sight and to build up the body of Christ. I'm doing what I'm gifted at doing. You do at what you're gifted at doing, and it's all for the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, there are four passages that talk about the spiritual gifts. We have looked at three of those passages. So this morning, as we close, let's look at the last of these, and that is in 1 Peter chapter 4. Read with me. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift Now, let's look at the final message of our series. First of all, letter A on your outline, our summary. Letter A, our, our summary. We have seen that there are 20 spiritual gifts. Now, some people say, no, there are 18, and no, there are 19. Some say 22, 23. I believe, as you look at all the gifts, because there's not one list in the Bible that lists all 20 in order. So we don't know. Some are over here, some are over here. If you take a composite list, it looks like there are about 20. Some have different names, some are in multiple lists, some say the gift of service, some say the gift of help, some say the gift of administration, some say the gift of leadership, same gift. So they're called different things in different translations. That's where kind of the confusion comes in. So, you'll see on the screen, this is a way that, that most Bible scholars break down the 20 spiritual gifts. Ministry gifts from Ephesians chapter 4, there are six of those. Then you have motivational gifts. We looked at those in week number 3, those from Romans chapter 12, seven of those. And then you'll see, we saw the last two Sundays, manifestation gifts, seven of those from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Manifestation gifts were different. They were to validate the gospel message where there was no Bible. So, the gift of tongues we talked about last week, the gift of interpretation of tongues, fall in the category of the manifestation gifts. Now, in any study of of spiritual gifts, there are two distinctions that we need to make. You'll see letter B on your outline. Let's look at two distinctions. I could have talked about these at the beginning of the series. I want to talk about them at the end of the series. Two distinctions, I think, are important. First of all, number one, There is a distinction between the gift of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Distinction between the singular gift and the plural gifts. The Bible talks about both. Well, we've talked about the 20 spiritual gifts, plural. What is the gift singular? It is the gift, whenever you're saved, that you get Of the Holy Spirit Himself. He is the gift. Now, Acts 2 38, Peter was preaching. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will receive the gift singular of the Holy Spirit. What is he talking about? He says, Whenever you repent, you get the Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because there are groups out there today that teach, turn on the internet, you'll hear them, turn on television, you'll hear them, that teach that you get Jesus at one point, and at a second blessing over here, you get the Holy Spirit. And they make a distinction. There's receiving Jesus, but you've also got to get the Spirit, not according to Scripture. According to Scripture, whenever you're saved, whenever you receive Christ, at that moment, you get the gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Now, there are those that say, Well, Pastor, the gift of the Holy Spirit is tongues. You will know you're saved when you speak in tongues. Hold on a second. You remember last Sunday when we talked about tongues and we saw that Paul said tongues were a sign not to the believer but to the unbeliever? So why would I receive Christ here, go down here for a second stage of blessing, get the Holy Spirit, and I know I've got him because I speak in tongues? Not a sign to me. It's a sign to the lost. And the second point, when you talk about the gifts of the Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit some say well pastor every time somebody got saved in the, in the Bible in the book of Acts and they got the Holy Spirit they spoke in tongues no they didn't book of Acts there were three times they got saved and spoke in tongues there were four times they got saved and did not speak in tongues Acts two forty one, Acts 8 Acts 16 Acts 21 so Why do some say the gift of the Spirit is tongues? It's the Spirit himself. Now also we're taught in Scripture that the moment you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit and you get all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. You don't get more. You get all of him. Whenever you bow your knees and say, Heavenly Father, I repent, I receive Jesus as my Savior, and you at that moment, you get God the Father in his fullness, Jesus the Son in his fullness, and the Holy Spirit in his fullness. You get all the Godhead you're going to get at that moment. I hear people all the time, Oh, I just want more of the Spirit. No, the Spirit might need more of you but you got all the Spirit you're ever going to have at the moment because He is the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then He gives you gifts, plural, of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second distinction we need to make. The fruit of the Spirit versus the gifts of the Spirit. There's a difference. Now, the Bible talks about fruit of the Spirit and talks about gifts of the Spirit. What's the difference? The fruit of the Spirit is mentioned in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. You know what the fruit of the Spirit is? Love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are nine. So there are about four distinctions of the fruit of the Spirit versus the gifts of the Spirit. First distinction is, the fruit of the Spirit, every believer has them. But gifts of the Spirit only certain believers. Now, let me explain. These nine fruit of the Spirit, all believers have all nine. Gifts of the Spirit, 20 of them, you don't have all 20. You'll have one or two, or three or four, but you don't have all of them. But the fruit of the Spirit, you've got them all. So, You can't say, well, I'm a loving person, but kindness is not my spiritual gift. You can't say that because all of the fruit, all nine, should be part of who you are. Now, not the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit, you get all nine of those. Now, here's the second distinction. The fruit of the Spirit produces spiritual character. Character. The gifts of the Spirit produce spiritual service. So these nine fruit over here, they are going to develop who you are. The spiritual gifts are going to be developed in what you do. There's a difference. Being and doing. Here's a third distinction. Fruit of the Spirit is singular. Gifts of the Spirit, plural. Fruit not fruits. I hear people all the time. The fruits of the Spirit. No, no. One fruit. One fruit with nine things hanging off of it, but only one fruit. Imagine a vine. Imagine fruit hanging off of a vine, and it's one cluster, like a cluster of grapes. you got love, and joy, and peace, and gentleness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control, all control, all right there, one hanging fruit. Singular. Twenty Spiritual gifts, plural. So, I can't come over here and say, well, I'm doing okay on love, but I'm not on joy. I'm doing okay on self-control, but I'm not doing very good on patience. And you can't pick and choose the fruit because it's one. You should have all nine. But the gifts, plural, are different. Here's another distinction. Fruit of the Spirit grows internally. Gifts of the Spirit operate outwardly. Again, these are internal. Love, joy, peace, patience. These, pastoring, teaching, mercy, faith, giving. These are all external gifts. And these are all internal. Never confuse the fruit of the Spirit, singular and the gifts of the Spirit, plural. Now, let's go to letter C on your outline. What Peter told the early Christians. Let's go to our passage, chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Look at verse 8. He told the believers, verse 8, be loving in all that you do. Notice, above all, keep loving one another. You see, what was happening in the New Testament, they were so caught up in these gifts. Oh, wow, it's so cool to speak in tongues. Oh, wow, it's so cool to interpret. And then they hated each other in the church. He said, your love for one another is powerful. It is the greatest gift you should seek. Paul said the same thing, 1 Corinthians 13. I can speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. So keep loving one another. But he noticed he used another word. Keep loving one another earnestly. What does that mean? Well, it's the Greek word ectino, and it literally means to stretch something. it was the picture in classical Greek non-biblical Greek it it was the picture of a horse in a race getting to the finish line running as hard as he could stretching out to be the winner because another horse is right here and he's stretching out muscles bulging, sweat dropping off that's how Peter says to love so ask you a question do you love like that? You see, many times in churches, it's kind of like, well, I like this person over here. We get along good, so i love them. This person over here, they're just weird. Personality's odd. I, I, yeah, I just ignore them. I, don't, I, I, I just ignore them. And that's and kind of how we operate. Peter says, love all the brothers and sisters like a horse, giving it all. Because if you love like that, man, that's powerful. So, whenever he says, above all, love one another stretched out. Because love covers a multitude of sins. You see, there's a lot you can put up with if you love somebody, love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 9. Verse 9, he shows us how to demonstrate our love. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Exercise your spiritual gift without grumbling. Some translations say murmuring. It's a word we don't really know where it came from. It's used in Greek, but we don't really know where it comes from. It's only used twice. It's the word the word gongissimo, and it literally means having a conversation under your breath. Do you ever do that? Oh, you're gonna do the right thing, but all of what time you're doing it? Yeah, <laughs> well, we do that. We can serve in the church that way, nobody else will do it. I guess I'll do it. Nobody appreciates what I do. And we have a conversation under our breath. And Peter says, Don't serve Jesus like that. Don't be having these conversations under your breath. Don't grumble, don't murmur. Love. And use those spiritual gifts in love. Look at verse 10. Use your spiritual gifts to serve others. Notice what he says in verse 10. As each of you has received, actually the definite article is there, not a gift, but the gift, your spiritual gift, use it to serve others. Don't use it selfishly. It's not for you. You know, sometimes we use our spiritual gifts. Let's say, let's say take my gift, pastor teacher. It, pastors could stand up and, man, we preach and we feel good about it. But if we're not serving other people and you're not getting God's word and you're not getting food, I haven't done anything. Because my gift is not so I can feel good about it. Now, I do feel good whenever I use my gift. But that's not the purpose. Peter said, use your giftedness. To serve other people, that other people are blessed. And then he said, as good stewards of God's manifold grace. Here's another word we don't know where it came from: poikilos, manifold. It means multicolored. God's multicolored grace. God gives grace to you one one way and you to 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 one way and me to another way. God's grace comes in many different forms to you and to me and he brings us all together as the manifold grace of God to bring glory and honor to Jesus. And when you use your giftedness, you do that. Go to verse 11. Representative types of spiritual gifts. Now, there's not a Bible writer, biblical writer, that gives us all 20, as I mentioned. Paul gave gave us some in Ephesians 4, some in Romans 12, some in 1 Corinthians 12. Peter gives us more here in 1 Peter. But Peter does the gifts differently. Peter, whenever he's listing spiritual gifts, he divides them up into speaking gifts and serving gifts. You've either got a speaking gift, pastor, teacher, evangelist, apostle, or you've got a serving gift, helps and mercy, discerning of spirits and all those things that either they are speaking gifts. Are they serving? It's according to Peter. Peter said, if you have a speaking gift, speak the oracles of God. Don't speak your opinion. Don't speak what you think. Don't speak politics. Don't speak current events. Speak what God has said. To be honest, you don't need to know my political persuasion, how's that going to edify anybody? You don't need to know for me to come up here and talk about, tell you stories of what I did last week or stories of what I'm going to do next week, they don't matter. What matters is the oracles of God that he has given us, this is what changes lives. So as I exercise my gift, Peter said, if you're a speaker, then speak God's word. Sunday school teachers, if you have a class on Sundays, you have a lesson, teach the lesson. Don't talk about what you did last week or next week or politics or all that. Teach God's Word. That's what Peter said. Speak the oracles of God. If you have a serving gift, Peter said, serve in the power God gives you not your own. Sometimes with serving gifts, man, here's what we do. We serve and we serve and we serve because that's our gift. I mean, we go and we go and we go, and we have this responsibility and that responsibility, and at the end of the week, man, you're stressed and you're tired and you start to complain, and you're going in your strength. And Peter says, if you have a serving gift... Don't just wear yourself out and burn yourself out in your own power. Take the power God appropriates for you and serve in the power of God. Very simple. Speak the oracles of God. Serve in the power of God. Now notice what he says next. In order that, verse 11, So in other words, here's the purpose of spiritual gifts. In order that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever thought that whenever you use your spiritual gifts in a church, God is glorified? You ever thought about that? Oh no, Pastor, I, I glorify him with my singing. I, I praise him. I lift my hands and I praise him. That's good. Peter says, You glorify him with your giftedness. And then the thought of spiritual gifts made Peter want to shout. He just exclaimed, a, doxology at the end of the passage to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The thought of spiritual gifts being used lifted Peter to the throne. So do you know what yours are? Are you using them? Let's go to the last point, letter D on your outline. What's next? Pastor, you've talked for six weeks about spiritual gifts, told us what they are. What's next? i got two suggestions, and I'll close. Number one, know your spiritual gift. Know what God has given you at salvation. I've, I've mentioned 20 of them. I gave you definitions. I hope that you have been listening. I hope that you've been evaluating your your gifts and abilities along with what I've said, and you can identify, yeah, I think I have this gift. I think I have the gift of faith. I I have the gift of mercy. I have the gift of helps. I have the gift of leadership. I have the gift of speaking. I have the gift of teaching. Hopefully, you have been cultivating those in your mind. Because, folks, the bottom line is you have the responsibility to know your gifts and use them. I have the responsibility to know what my gifts are and to use those, and so do you. Now, if you don't know, if you're still going, you know, I, I, well, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm really confused. I, I don't know. Here, here's something we can offer to you. If you go to our website, fbcgarland.org, if you scroll to the bottom of the screen, the, the, main, the main page, you'll see a video. If you'll scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see a link that says, Christian Links, L-I-N-K-S. Click on that, and it will take you to a page that says Spiritual Gifts Inventory. If you click on that, it's an inventory you can take. It'll ask you questions. Do you enjoy this? Do you like that? Are people blessed when you do this or blessed when you do that? And it's kind of just a self-evaluation, and it will maybe give you some guidelines into possibly what your spiritual gifts may be. So go to our website, not now, but And this afternoon, click on that and take your spiritual gifts inventory. Here's my second suggestion. When you know your gift, use your gift in the church. God gave you giftedness to build up the body of Christ, is what the Bible says. It's not just to help people in general. A lot of people think, well, I have this gift And so, here's how I'm helping somebody. Well, it's not just helping somebody. It's building up the body of Christ. God didn't give you your spiritual gift to help mankind in general. He didn't. He gave it to you to build up this church. He didn't give you a spiritual gift so you can go out and help mankind. Help a person. Now, you may do that, and that's fine. That's not why He gave them to you. He gave them, according to Scripture, to build up body of Christ. So, when you know your gift, you can help this church operate fully and completely You that have the gift of preaching or teaching or encouraging or helping or mercy or giving or faith or discerning of spirits, you can serve in Sunday school or serve on one of our committees or Friendship House or our men's ministry, our women's ministry, Code Cares ministry that we have, the Way ministry that we have, helping with our preschoolers, with our children, with our youth, helping in the recreation ministry, helping with upward, going on mission trips. There are many things you can do, but you can't do all of those. Do them only where you're gifted. As soon as you know your gifts, we can make suggestions. Oh, if you got the gift, this gift, you would serve great in this ministry of the church. So it's not just to help everybody on the street, it's to build up the body of Christ so that all praise and glory and dominion will come to Him forever and ever and ever. High within our atmosphere, it's really cold. Little particles up there. Sometimes those particles join together and they form what's called an ice crystal. That ice crystal will sometimes start falling to the ground because of gravity and and it falls in the form of what we know as a snowflake. Snowflakes, uh, there are about 80 different variants of them, 80 different kinds, and they classify them by different shapes and the way that they look. Sometimes they're called needles. Sometimes they're called columns. Sometimes they're called plates. Sometimes they're called rhymes. 80 different names for all of these shapes of snowflakes. But just one snowflake is, is not much. Put it on your tongue, it'll dissolve. You step on it, it's never a problem. But if you add a lot of those together, snowflake after snowflake after snowflake after snowflake, it can get so great, it can shut down a city. Or form an avalanche. It'll kill you. All together, they're powerful. And in the body of Christ, God has placed you, and you got a gift, and it's great. But when we put them all together, we are a body that not even the gates of hell can stand against. So know what they are and use them. And this is a strong church, and He's a great God. Lord, I want to thank you today for the gifts that you've given to us, and Lord, help us just not to dismiss these and say, well, I am who I am, but Lord, help us to know what these gifts are, and God, sometimes it's, it's easy in a large church just to come and say, well, I wonder if the pastor has something for me today, and God, whenever the truth is, it's not about what we get while we're here, it's what we give back to your kingdom. So, Lord, help us to know how you've gifted us, and help us to use those for your glory. Father, we thank you and praise you, and I pray today that whatever decisions you want us to make, we will make them for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.